It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I'm going to share something with you. That might put me in a very negative light, yeah. Relationships are not my forte. <laughs> See if someone grabbed up my wife for saying completely different vulgar. I'll walk away from me and this has been like a therapy session. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. I'm joined by Frank Warren. Obviously, he had a press conference yesterday for... Parker v. Ryder, but yeah, I know you had some more issues with your back, Frank, so I hope you're doing all right. Yeah, I'm good, mate, but I'm pleased we're on our, doing our propaganda call today. Um, Queensbury propaganda. <laughs> I think you're referring to a clip um, from Eddie Earn's interview oh. yesterday uh, on IFL. <laughs> we'll we come on to that in a bit if you want when we talk about the heavyweight division, but let's I start. Re- with... I don't really want, but let's go. <laughs> let's start with... Um, he had a press conference yesterday. Uh, Zach Parker v. John Ryder is happening November 26. Tickets on sale at AXS.com. Now, uh, yeah, a fantastic fight that the fight fans can't call this one. Uh, it's a 50-50, isn't it, Frank? I love it. I mean, uh, you know, Zach, you know how I feel about Zach. I think he's um, I think he's one of the best young talents out there, and I'm pleased he signed with us, and he's had a few good, really good few wins in him. He's getting more well-known. And obviously, John Ryder speaks for himself. You know, he's, he's done brilliant. I thought that fight he had with Callum, that was quite a close fight. A lot of people felt that. And he beat, um, what's his name, the American who came over Jacobs. as well. Yeah, so he's, you know, he, it, this is going to be a real tough fight. And I think you look at one's a young guy who's <clears throat> looking to, you know, explode on the scene. And you've got with John, I think he's, you know, this is uh, a great opportunity for him, especially at his age, to uh, become WBO interim champion. And the winner of this fight, becomes the mandatory to Canelo. So it's a massive, massive carrot for both of them. So, and I agree with you say, styles make fights. I think we're going to get something a little bit special on the night. It's like the weight where we get a lot of great fights, you know, that super middleweight division over the years has been some brilliant fights. And I think this is going to be up there with them. Um, John Ryder, some, someone you worked with before, of course, in the Billy Joe Saunders uh, fight many, many years ago. Um, seems like this process has gone pretty smoothly with him. He's fulfilling his... Um, 
media duties, everything that he's got to do in the contract. There's been no public arguments where sometimes there has been when a, a matron fight has crossed over uh, onto your show or vice versa, etc. So, yeah, um, someone easy to deal with, John Ryder. Oh, he's been, you know, he's, been, he's, a, he's a professional. So he's done everything that has been asked of him. And uh, more importantly, he's going to do everything that's asked him in the ring because this is a tough fight for both of them, a real tough fight. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward. But yeah, working with John, he's been good as gold. Frank, we know what's at stake here. Um, Canelo holds all the belts at super middleweight. This is for the WBO interim. So is your gut feeling that the winner of this fight and of course, you hope that's um, Zach Parker, your man. Do you feel like Canelo will fight the winner of this fight? I think he'll have to. I think he'll be ordered to. You know, his mandatories will be coming up and, and he'll be ordered to. And if he doesn't, then whoever comes through will then be declared champion. So is he going to fight at super middleweight still or is he going to go up to light heavyweight? That's going to be the question. But, you know, whatever, whatever, however it works out, the winner, the winner of the fight is going to be in an extremely good position. Well, yeah, if they don't get that Canelo fight, if he moves up to light heavyweight or if he vacates his title, then, as I said, it's an interim fight. The winner of this becomes a full world champion. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're two superb super middleweights. You know, they both are. So, it's, as I say, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great, great for the winner. It's fantastic for the winner. And I, think we, and I do genuinely feel we're going to see something a little bit special on the night. On the undercard, we've got Dennis McCann against Joe Ham uh, for the Commonwealth title. Just talk to me about that fight, please. Yeah, it's a step up for Dennis. Uh, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough fight, but I, I believe in Dennis, and he certainly believes in himself. It's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be good for him. And if he comes through, it's going to set him up for next year for us to move him, move him very quickly. Then, I mean, he's a he turned pro at a very young age. He's still a young man, but he's maturing a lot. You can see these, you know, his body's maturing. He's getting, you know, he's he's, he's He's bulking up a bit and uh, and he's maturing as much that he's married and got a baby now. So, you know, he's a man and he's a man on a mission. He wants that. He wants a big fight. So next year, if he comes through this next year, we'll make them happen for him. Yeah. New weight class. He's looking uh, very strong. He looked very strong yesterday. Yeah. Also, uh, Hamza Shiraz on the bill as well. I know he's still in L.A. Uh, training away, but yeah. What sort of fight are we looking at for, for Hamza? We've, we've got two opponents today. One of them will sign a contract today, and hopefully we can announce it today. But I don't want to be doing it till we got it over the line. But he, he'll be on the card, and he'll be against a, a tough opponent, and it'll be a good fight for him. And again, he needs to be moving, and he needs to show, you know, stamp his authority in the division, which I think he's done up to his yet. I think he's done extremely well. So this would be, be another good test for him and uh, next year again if he comes through we're going to we're going to start moving him quite fast and lastly just about the undercard as Hamza and Dennis have done so far in their careers really impressed someone else who has done the same is Sam Noakes uh, just keeps yeah. going in and knocking out people for fun um, yeah he'll be back out in action on November 26th yeah he's fighting Calvin McCord and I think that's a, that's, that's a good fight and again he's done brilliantly he's done everything that's been asked of him and he's exciting. There's no doubt about it. He's a very exciting young man. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. And obviously, we've got Pierce O'Leary, who's now with us, yeah. who I think is a little bit special. He's with us, and he's fighting Emmanuel Mungadaja. So it's for the um, WBC international title, which you get in the top 10 ranking. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And we've got a couple of you know, a couple of our other youngsters on the, in, you know, in four and six rounders also on the card. So you've got five title fights on there. So that's going to be a good night's boxing. 
Well, it's going to be a busy night at the O2, and that weekend in general is very busy for London boxing. Um, yeah, all three major promoters are going on that weekend. Sky and Boxer have moved their show to the Sunday at the Ali Pali, um, but Dizone and Matram are going with Dillian White at Wembley Arena. Of course, you're going at the O2 on the same night. Just your comment on that show clash, please. Well, this thing is, you know, it's a shame that they're, they're, we're all log jammed, but that's how it is, and we just have to get on with it. I mean, you know, we did the fight with um, with with uh, John Ryder. We, you know, done the done the deal. We were I was unaware that he was fighting, and no one made us aware that Dillian was fighting on the same night. But it is what it is. So we're just going to. All I know, I've got a lot of confidence in our show. It's a really, as I said, we just ran through it. There's some good fights on there, and it's and the top of the bill is a magnificent fight. Now, Frank, I spoke to you on uh, enemy territory for both of us uh, last week at Tottenham about Fury Chisora free and what was said um, since that fight was announced. Let's start with the positives, then we'll come back to some of the more backlash that fight has received. Start with the positives. Um, 50,000 tickets was the last update um, that you gave us. That sell out. That will sell out. When do you expect that to sell out? As soon as all the tickets are sold, but it will sell out. <laughs> It will sell out. I just, you know, it'll sell out. You know, we've not really done a lot of marketing on it yet. And, it, and it'll sell out. And it just tells you the drawing power of Tyson Fury. In terms of Derek Chisora, um, if you look at his recent run, win over Kubrat Pulev, gave a, a very good performance against Alexander Usyk. Um, the first fight with Joseph Parker was very competitive. And uh, Eddie Hearn had made comments after his fight with Kubrat Pulev, Kubrat Pulev saying he'd beat Deontay Wilder, he believes, Derek Chisora. So from that point of view, Derek seems like a viable opponent. I'm sure you'd go along with that. Well, I'm, I'm pleased my my my, uh, my um, mate who does all this propaganda for Queensbury is out there agreeing with us, you know. Look, do I think Tyson's going to beat Derek? Yes. He'd be the bookie's favourite, obviously, and I do, but I do believe he'll beat anybody. Do I think he... Derek will give him a tough fight. Yeah, I do. I do think here comes a fight. He's, he's in the last chance uh, saloon for it, for, you know, as far as he's concerned. So he's going to give it all he got, all he's got. But I just think Tyson's uh, head above all of these guys, head above and shoulders above all of them. Okay, let's move on to perhaps some of the more criticism uh, this fight's received. So you went through the box rec rankings with me yeah. about uh, the potential opponents that you could have put in with Tyson Fury. And people have come out since and said, why using the box rec rankings? Tyson's the WBC champion. Why don't you go for the WBC rankings? So what's your response to that? Because they're the independent rankings. They're the independent rankings of all the guys that they feel, that they feel which we all use in the industry, by the way, that they feel are the best heavyweights out there. They rank them. So that's their ratings. And that's why I went through them. And that's a fact of life. That's what it is. And who's available? Who is available? You know, we've, we've I've been through it. I've gone through it with you. And <laughs> irrespective of what everybody, anybody, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but irrespective of that, the fight's on. It's done. It's dusted. Contracts are signed. And we've sold 57,000 tickets. That's it. Well, you're right. You have been through with me. And uh, at the start of this video, you referred to a clip. Tell me who we could have fought in that time. If you listen to Umar, Umar is on a propaganda mission with Frank Warren, basically going through the names, giving him parts. You know, when it, where, when it, he goes, you know, Frank would go through this. I mean, Joe Joyce, obviously, he's not available. Why, why is he not available? He would have taken the fight. What, for December the 3rd? He would have taken, trust me. With the same notice that Derek Chisora had, don't forget, 
that whilst we were negotiating for AJ, they were negotiating with Derek Chisora. When we got the deadline for Anthony Joshua, we were told he must make a decision today. It took nearly four weeks after that for them to sign an opponent. So why weren't we given another four weeks? But anyway, that's an, that's an old story. But during that period, Joe Joyce would have been ready to fight Tyson. Eddie's point was Joe Joyce would have been available for December 3rd. He believes, I asked you about last time we spoke at Tottenham about Joe Joyce and could you have not pushed the fight back a couple of weeks to accommodate December 17th for Tyson Fury, Joe Joyce. So for everyone still asking about why Fury Joyce couldn't be made, let's do it for the final time. Why couldn't Fury Joyce happen? Because he'd just come off the fight. He'd been in a long camp. And if you go back to the interview after the fight, he had one of his interviews. He actually said he doesn't want to go into a camp straight away. There, that's Joe saying that. That was immediately after his fight because it was touched upon. Um, and that's it. He's, he's, on, he's been on holiday. And we won't move the fight back to the 17th. And the reason we don't want to move it back to the 17th because it's proposed that the fight with Usyk, who should have been available in December, but said he wouldn't be ready to fight, is proposed that that fight takes place the last week of February, the first week of March. So Tyson, who's in a camp now, you know, he's fighting on the 17th of December. It only gives him a very short space, less than two months to get ready. Less than two months. So that's that's why. So that, that that's, that's where it's at. And Tyson was originally going to fight on the 12th of November. That was the date. We only pushed it back to December because to try and make the fight with AJ. And that's where we were. And he, he made a comment as well that we were negotiating with Chisora at the same time. That is untrue. Speak to 258. They managed both the fighters. There were some conversations a couple of months ago when Tyson was going to fight on the 12th, but um, it's, well, it's well recorded. I mean, I'll, you go back to look at the interviews and uh, he asked for too much money. And that was that. And once the Fury Joshua talks collapsed, you told me last week you did the deal with Derek directly. I, well, I rang Derek and agreed to terms. And then obviously his managers and lawyers then got involved. That's, that is exactly what happened. Okay. Okay. So if we went to Joe Joyce today and said December 3rd, you couldn't have made it against Tyson Fury, he'd confirm that he couldn't do that fight. I asked him. He's in Puerto Rico at the moment at the WBO yeah. convention. He was in Holland. You know, asked him. I haven't got a problem with that. It just asked him, you know, what he said a while ago. And let's get it right. You know, that fight, that fight is a big, big fight. And if Tyson does what I expect him to do over his next couple of fights, then we ain't got no problem doing that in in, in the next summer. It'd be a Frank, bigger fight. Frank, um, I think it was January. You did an interview with me. Um, this was after Del Boy's rematch with Joseph Parker. And you were saying how you believe Derek Chisora should retire. And now, obviously, you've got him in a headline fight against your guy, Tyson Fury, in a pay-per-view fight. So how do you respond to that? Well, I, you know, he went out and got another win since he beat Pulev and won. I'm only... Look, I've got my views on... I don't think Derek Chisora can beat Tyson Fury. Why would I say... I'm not going to change my mind about that. It is what it is. He was available. He was available. He wanted the fight and we agreed terms. We could not get anybody else. I'd love him to have been in with Usyk. I'd love to have, I'm repeating myself 10,000 times now. I'd love him to have been in with AJ, but it didn't happen. And Tyson has to fight. By the time he fights Usyk, he'll be out the ring for a year and it's not good for him. He needs to fight. 
I made it very clear all the way through. I said, said months and months ago, he'll fight before Christmas. And that has always been the intention. And that's where we are. And he's been in constant training for a fight. And that's what I'm delivering for him. Frank, last week at a press conference, it was actually Derek Chisora v Frank Warren. It felt like not Derek Chisora v Tyson Fury. There did seem to be some negativity, shall we say, from Derek Chisora towards yourself. Obviously, you're delivering a second world title for Derek um, against Tyson Fury December 3rd. You did with Vitaly Klitschko many years ago. So were you surprised about that negativity from Derek towards you? Yeah, I mean, you know, just when he came in, I went over to him and I said, listen, we, you know, we've got to get really behind this show. We've got to promote it. And he said to me, what, to make you more money? So I said to him, no, to pay your purse. That's what you signed up for. So he was trying to hook me up for more money. And I don't need to pay him to tip a table over or do stuff like that. I don't do that. I don't need to do it. We, you know, it's Tyson Fury. You know, we don't need to do stuff like that. Tyson is the attraction. Derek's there. Derek had come to fight. And that was it. All that gagging, all the bullshit. That's just a total pack of lies. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think your your son said this as well, George, that the, the clause is in the contract for Derek are very standard. And someone from 258, Will Harvey, agreed with that, that the clauses on Derek are standard procedures. Yeah. But yeah, um, look, you know, fighters fight sign up for to fight each other. You know, we have to sell the ticket. I mean, you're saying, you're, you're, you know, you're saying oh, people don't like the fight, don't want to see it. Then we need some help to promote it. And, it, you know, that's what he gets paid for. It's not just here's your money, show up on the night and see you later. It's that's what they have to do. It's part of the business. And, you know, we're lucky that it is Tyson. We're very lucky that it's Tyson. And Tyson is, is the attraction he, he is. Hence the 57,000 tickets have gone. Since you stopped working with Derek in previous years, have you seen him out and about? And how's he been with you? Yeah, it, when he's out and about, he always comes over to me, wants to sit down and have a cup of coffee with me or a cup of tea. I see him a lot in Mount Street. I use Scott's, the restaurant there, quite a bit, and he normally comes over, which he did just a few weeks ago. I was sitting there with Bob, there Bob Aram, came over three, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, and he came over and sat with us. Okay. So, so I wonder what happened in them two weeks. I'm telling, I'm, listen, I'll tell him how it is. Okay. He knows that. <laughs> Frank, someone's voice who's growing a lot in the sport recently is Simon Jordan. He's been extremely critical of the fight. What do you make of Simon's comments? I had a big, back, big, big bust up with him over the Chisora fight, but he's entitled to his opinion. And if he's going to put give his opinion, then it's up to me to justify or try and justify what, why, what, what I'm doing. Is he's a, he is a he's become quite a powerful voice in the sport, and it's also important that all this nonsense that surrounded this thing and the way it dragged on with Conor Ben needs to be done and dusted so we can all move forward it's crazy we're in this position and it's crazy connor's in this position and i don't understand it. well i do understand it because it's it's never been about the sport or doing the right thing it's been about as far as these handlers are concerned it's been about um the money and that's it before we quickly come on to connor ben you're right simon jordan likes giving him his opinion i don't know if you saw his list yesterday uh, where he was asked to rank um from one to three, the top three promoters in this country. You went Frank Warren, Ben Shalom and Eddie Hearn. Your thoughts on that list? <laughs> I'm not going to argue. Is that what you said? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah, good man, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yesterday, Frank, the board part statement saying Connor Ben has voluntarily relinquished his British Boxing Board of Control licence um, and didn't attend a hearing that they requested him to um, come to. So I'll just get your reaction and thoughts to that. Well, I don't know, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of it. His misconduct obviously relates to what, what some of the things that have gone on. And he's given up his license. So you give up your license for one reason and one reason only. That's so that the board can't hear it. And if he's given up his license, then UCAD don't need to test him. Okay. Why do you think he's given up his license, though? Just because he didn't outsider. want because because they didn't want because they didn't want the hearing. They wanted the hearing. They'd have provided all the samples from Varda, and they would have provided the B sample and got on with it. That's it. It's not rocket science. Do you think we see Conor Ben back in the British ring? Well, providing he providing uh, he, he deals with this issue, what's hanging over him, I'm sure we will. I hope we will. And if he's going to get banned, then he's going to get banned, and then after that, come back. But you have there has to be some consequences for this. Some consequence. It looks like he's carrying a whole lot of it because the people involved in it, um, as I say, badly, badly advised him. Badly advised him. So at this point now, if you were looking after Connor Ben, you'd say attend that hearing and don't well, give up your What else can he do? You keep fighting it and fighting it and have this cloud over you. The B sample is the answer to all of it. The B sample tells you whether the A sample has been contaminated. And if it has, then, he's, then he gets some of his career. If not, he's got to explain why that was in his system, why it was found in his system, and deal with it. And deal with it when the UCAD. UCAD haven't got an axe to grind, have they? You, you should, you, everybody agrees that, the, that you failed the, failed the test. Everybody agrees that Varda, and I'll, I'll use my, my chief propaganda uh, man, that Varda are the golden, are the golden, you know, the golden, golden organisation for testing athletes. So just make it all available to you. You can and get on with it and deal with it and get rid of it because it's becoming... It's, it's quite important, but it's becoming quite tedious. And all this smoke and mirrors and all the legals and the border control leaked it. I don't know whether they leaked it or not. And if they did leak it, at the end of the day, who cares? Well, I know when we spoke in the office uh, a couple of weeks ago and when we were doing our last propaganda video, um, that you, you touched on the Billy Joe Saunders situation because that has been referenced in many interviews since... Yeah, and it's wrong the it's been referenced. And it's wrong, uh, Umar, the way it's being referenced. He didn't. He got done with a with something that actually is in tested positive for what is in an over the counter nasal spray, and that nasal spray is allowed under UCAD. This is where this is one of the problems, by the way, where UCAD allow it out of competition, and Varda don't allow it at any time. Hmm. So we need to. They need to get their act together. What is allowed and what isn't allowed. But that's why the board of control did not take his license away. Did not ban him. That's why UCAD did not call for him or have a hearing because it was that that was it that's what it was don't keep comp comparing one with the other it's all smoke and mirrors all being out there to confuse people it is what it is it's a case that stands it's on its own forget billy jones Saunders. forget dillian white just focus on what the issue is and the issue is very easy to clear up hmm. okay um I spoke to Will Harvey of 258 Management uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they've predominantly been you know, known in the past for working 
with Matram. They're a management company independent, but they've done a lot with Matram. Recently, they've done deals with Boxer since they came into the market. This is the first time a 258 fighter is, is on your show, Frank, in terms of Derek Chisora. And I asked Will about essentially 258 working with Queensbury in the future, and he said they're totally up for that. So just get your thoughts on that, please. Well, I'm pleased they're up for it. We'll be able to make some good fights. <laughs> okay. Um, you've spoken about um, Joe Joyce, obviously, in this interview. Do you think that fight with Anthony Joshua is a realistic one? And do you put your case forward as to why that should be made next for, for Anthony? Well, I think Anthony Joshua, you know, obviously they didn't want the Tyson fight. And I think there's him and I think there's Daniel Dubois. They're both Brits and I think they're both good fights. And I think, I think they're good fights for the fans to watch. And you're going to see what AJ's got left. And both the guys want it. One's a young, one's, one's a young guy. One's a, has only had 15, is it 15 or 16 fights in Joe's case as a, as a professional. So they're, 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 I think they're great fights for the fans to, to, to see and to watch. And everyone would buy into them, that's for sure. Um, do I think they'll make it? No. I don't think they make either. Whatever. Well, he, look, they're going to bring. They're obviously going to give him a couple of fights, uh, AJ, and uh, he's got to win those fights. And you know, I have my opinion on where he's at at this stage of his career. I may be wrong. I may be right. But I think he. I think he's a at the moment. I think he's a very vulnerable fighter, and he looked very vulnerable after after the fight with Usyk. You know, the way he the way he was, he didn't didn't seem in a good place. What's Joe Joyce going to do in the interim then while he's waiting he's for a fight. tough shot? He's going to fight in February and defend his interim title. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, that all hinges on a certain fight in March. Um, there was reports from Mike Coppinger uh, saying that Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk, their respective teams, are having talks to stage that undisputed fight in March in Saudi Arabia. Can you give me the latest, please, Frank? We've been talking to him for a long while. We were originally trying to get it done for December. Where it takes place at the moment, we don't know. Okay. And but it's also ongoing. We, I, I, we'll make that fight. If, you know, with both guys are okay, fit and able, we'll make it. There's no, there's no politics or anything involved in that. Is March the mo most realistic month? End of February, March. That's the dates we're working towards. That's why we're getting Tyson out. That's why we're a little bit disappointed we've had to push it back from the beginning of November to beginning of December. But that's why we are where we are on the 3rd of December and him fighting. Okay. And we're not saying nothing for granted, by the way. <laughs> you know, many, many, many great plans sometimes fall apart. So. <laughs> Let's just go through your, your schedule on BT uh, for the rest of the year, Frank. November 11th at your call, uh, Nick Ball headlines uh, at your call, as I said, and uh, also got David Adlai and many other of your young stars on that card. So yeah, quickly talk to me about that. Yeah, I'm really pleased with it. Um, Willie Hutchinson's also on it yeah. in, the, in the top fight. So, you know, there's all our, our youngsters, our up and coming stars. And uh, I'm looking forward to that on the 11th, you know, back to the old uh, spit and sawdust. And uh, that would be, be a decent little show. And uh, obviously both of those guys, the, well, the three of them, sorry, the three of those, will all be looking to be involved in really, really big fights. So they've got to make a statement on the 11th, they got to come through the fights, and uh, and I hope they, and I believe they can make a statement, and then we can get them moving into bigger fights and better fights next year. Well, in terms of David Adler, I interviewed him at the start of this week, and he's very keen on fighting the winner of Fabio Wardley and Nathan Gorman, which is for the vacant 
British title. Yeah. Would you yeah. be up for David jumping into that next year? In a heartbeat. Okay, okay. November 19th, uh, yeah, you go back to Telford. Um, Liam Davis v uh, Baluta, uh, which tops the bill. Also, Anthony Yard back in action. Yeah, excited to go back to Telford. Yeah, we always, it's always a great atmosphere there. And we've built a good little, you know, quite a decent little thing up there in the Midlands. And, uh, you know, it's 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 good. And, you know, with uh, with Liam, he's well supported. He's in a decent fight. And we've got Ethan James on there as well. Um, and Anthony Yard's going to have a warm-up fight before his uh, big one on January the 28th, which will be in London. So he can't afford to slip up. But that's a decent show. And, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're quite... Um, you know they're they're quite well supported up there, and there's always a great atmosphere, fantastic atmosphere. And, uh, and as I say, we've we've been working hard and building and building and building up there with fighters and motions. And then November 26th, as we spoke at the start, of the O2 Park of Rider, and then December 3rd at Tottenham with Fury Chisora free. I'm guessing after that night, that will be it for the year. That's it for the year, and then we'll be out in uh, January, as I said, on the 28th in London for. Uh, for the big one, it's a tough fight for, uh, you know, for um, Berbiatev and also, uh, you know, with their man in there, Anthony. I think he's, you know, he's. But I, I believe in him, and I think he. I think that's going to be a cracker. I think that's going to be a real. The styles will make that a good fight. Yeah, January twenty eighth, he's got the opportunity, Anthony Yard, to win the unified titles at light heavyweight and become a real superstar. Let's just talk about a couple of other fighters that you've got who've got world title opportunities coming up. Yeah. So. Terence Crawford v David Avenician. <laughs> that come out uh, a bit of a surprise. We know what David Avenician's up against here. Terence Crawford, arguably pound for pound number one, Frank. But David's been screaming for an opportunity like this. Well, he's got it. <laughs> you know, we worked hard and we got it over the line for him. And, uh, you know, and he grabbed it with both hands. And uh, he's got a chance to go over there and upset everything. And, you know, he's a, he's a tough competitor. He's used to fighting on the road. And this is his big, big, big chance. And, you know, he is capable. You know he's capable. He's dangerous. So it's going to be, you know, his, it's his to lose. Frank, we know um, Errol Spence and Terence Crawford were in talks for a long while to try and get their super fight on. So just out of curiosity, how quickly was this made between Terence and David? Uh, it was quite quick. It didn't take long. You know, I spoke, obviously spoke to Neil, Neil Marsh's manager, and, uh, and that was it. It was done. And uh, just to close off, your your last uh, world title opportunity for one of your stables, um, for in one of your stable is uh, obviously Denzel Bentley against Janabek. Um, just want to ask you about some of the comments Janabek made a couple of days ago. I don't know if you're aware of it. I'm not. Um, you're going to tell me. I am. Um, yeah, he said that he wants to put Denzel in a wheelchair. He said that online. Your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, it's plain sh stupid. And horrible that anyone should say that. You know, he should um, he should look at Gerald McClellan and think about that. What he said. Yeah, yeah. It was a surprise that that was said, but um, yeah, big Just, big times for for your stable. Yeah, they're all good, and we're lining a load of stuff up for the new year, providing they'll they'll win. We've got all the other loads of guys ready to go. And that's what we've been building and working on over the last few years. It's been, you know, we sort of started from scratch with BT and we've built up where we are now. And uh, the fact they're in, now involved with, um, well, they're joint partners with Discovery Plus. I mean, we're, you know, things are looking exceptionally well and I'm, I'm delighted where we're at. Well, a couple of uh, 
new kids are joining your stable and the failed twins are excited to get them on board yeah yeah um they're with with martin martin bowers and tony um yeah i'm delighted you know they, i've had good reports on them so we're going to see and frank just quickly before we close off a bit of a curveball for you but what have you made of everything that's gone on um with a new prime minister coming on board and obviously liz trust resigning <laughs> yeah they should put a revolving door into um into Downing Street. Uh, hopefully, we get some stability now. You know, it's tough times. It's, it is tough times. I mean, some of it was, you know, obviously with all this trust, she made she made quite a few mistakes. There's no doubt about that. And I think I think what a poly, what she wanted to do, and I understand what she wanted to do it. It wasn't the time because of where we are. But you know, the, the whole world has problems, and it's all down to recovery from COVID and also what's gone on in the Ukraine. You know, what Putin's done in the Ukraine is driven prices up, you know, gas, oil, everything's gone up and all those things are needed to, for power, for transport and so forth. And, and it's just a knock on effect with everything, with food and everything. So it's just tough, tough times. And let's hope that uh, we get some stability and they sort, some, sort it out and things get better for everybody. Sounds about as chaotic as the boxing world. Well, isn't it? I bet that cat's confused. I bet he don't know who, Larry the cat. I bet he don't know who's the, who his owner is at the moment. <laughs> Frank Warren, you thank you. Know very... who's you don't know whose laps are still. <laughs> Frank Warren, thank you very much for talking to me. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll speak soon next week. All right. Thanks, Omar. Um, I'll keep up the propaganda, mate. We need it. Um, I'll keep up the propaganda, mate. We need it. <laughs> I'm going to share something with you. That might put me in a very negative light, yeah. Relationships are not my forte. You see if someone grabbed up my wife and saying, completely different ballgame. I'll walk away from here and this has been like a therapy session. Sports Social Podcast Network.